welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. A state that's untouchable, like Elliot Ness. We are artists, one hundreds and thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. And this is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest One Hundred. My name is David James Young. I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again is Nathan Harrison. Hello, Adam Buncher. Ooh, I thought I almost thought for sure it was going to be Andrew then, but keeping you in no, your toes. No, but, but hi. It's, it's it's you. I, was, I wasn't it's, ready. It's Adam Buncher, clearly, <laughs> and. Andrew McDonald. He is here, though. Don't look at me. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. The mind games. What? Okay, we are cracking on into the spicy, spicy end of the Hottest 100. It is getting real crisp. It's getting um, to that point where it starts to get hard to pick a least favourite because they're all... Yeah, yeah they're all you're like, like oh, this is actually pretty agreeable. Which is an okay problem to have, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> so I'll be interested to see how we do with this lot, uh, but let's kick it off with the Fugees. This is their cover of Killing Me Softly with his song. Drumming my pain with his fingers Singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song Killing me softly with his song Telling my whole life with his words Killing me softly with his song. Yo, yeah, yeah. this is why Clef refuge cries well. Little baby sitting up here on the beach. While I'm on this road, I got my girl L. One time, one time. Hey, yo, L, you know you got the lyrics. I heard he sang a good I heard he had stopped And so I came to see him And listen for a while And there he was, this young boy Stranger to Coming in at number 35 in the 1996 Hottest 100. That's their uh, world-renowned version of Killing Me Softly. Fuji's, Lauren Hill, Wycliffe Jean, the other one. <laughs> uh, no, Pras, all, Press Michael. Yeah, obviously. We've got love for Press. Get a superstar, baby. Yeah. Let's throw it down. What are, what are we... Uh, what are we feeling about this uh this cover uh, i think we've talked about this this is uh one mm. of the most cover filled countdowns in yes. the history mm. of, yes. of the hottest 100 including like the like version craze yeah. of of the last few years 96 had it yeah 96 has still got it holy shit when you think about it we're doing two i, yeah, I, back I, to, I hadn't considered that yeah mm. front front and back yeah we're, yeah we're top and tailing this episode yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> on the cover thing originally yes. Was written by Charles dude, Fox. Charles Fox, yeah, he, he composed Norman it. Gimble. Norman Gimble. Mm. Mr. Gimble. A classic Fox and Gimble number. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is indeed. a Fox and Gimble joke. I'm a cop, you idiot. I'm Detective Norman Gimble. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that, Fox and Gimble, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Gimbal is clearly the one that plays by the rules, yeah. and Fox is the one oh, who doesn't. Yeah. Fox. Yeah. Fox. <laughs> Damn it, Fox. 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 He's I loo- get results. He's a loose cannon. <laughs> it's a good Fox. Dad, voice. sit down. <laughs> if you don't know this one, the version that you would know if you do know this song is the one from 73 uh, by Roberta Flack. Yes, mm. indeed, of course. Uh, I'm in my bed with his fingers, singing my life with his words, killing me softly with his songs. It was, it was a pretty big one. Uh, it was real good. But yeah. I could believe that a lot of people, you know, have this as their most well-known version of the song. Was that I you, Nathan? No, I, I think a lot of people our age, this is like the definitive yeah. one. Yeah. Like, to them, they don't know it's a cover. Mm. Yeah. It's like Valerie by the Zootons. They don't know that that's not actually Amy Winehouse and mm. Mark Ronson's song. Yeah. And Torn by Natalie Imbruglia, that's always a, <laughs> yep. that's always a shock. That's a real yeah. shock one. Yeah. Uh, so we mentioned who's in the Fugees as well, um, yeah. but I think... A, a part of the Fuji's identity that's very important is, you know, the fact that what what it is, what they're doing. Like, Fuji's is short for refugees, and most of them are from Haiti. So, yeah. Fuji is in itself, um, apparently, uh, a derogatory word for Haitian Americans as well. So, oh, it's, right. kind of, it's kind of reclaiming huh. that. Even like an even um, more. They were, all, they were initially going to call themselves refugee camp, just though that's going to be the name of... What they, were, what they were calling themselves. The reason I, I bring that up and, and kind of highlight is because I think it's essential to, the, to what I read as being the best thing about this version of this track. The song describes someone going to witness someone perform who they don't know and then being absolutely floored by the content of their music Yes. in how it reflects their own story and their own pain. And to me, to be a band that is, that is black... And is expressing themselves through very like black means of music, being R and B, being hip hop backbeats. They were inspired mm. by a tribe called Quest. There's a tribe yeah. called Quest sample. Even yeah. even the vocal harmony, I would argue, dating back to like use of you know like blues and whatever. Like a, a harmony yeah. vocally is a very important black musical expression. And then saying talking about expressing pain and then having that received by an audience. I mean, like that. That at this time for R and B and for hip hop is exactly what's going on. That's what that music is. It's just kind of communicating the the black experience through music that isn't being communicated elsewhere, and people getting behind it and and recognizing that and yeah. and rallying around and it. acknowledging like, the power of music to to do that. That's yeah. it. So amazing choice to to do a cover of this, and they do yeah. it really really beautifully. As I said, everything is is purposeful and. And, and Lauren, beautiful. Come on, like it's, yeah. it's stunning. Like it's a just, star is born here. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. If Sister Act two didn't fucking do it, then <laughs> and I think, but I think like outside of that as well, like the the message is it's a universal one. To, you know, like the idea of listening to a song and having it. Uh, that's a real experience. Like that's a real thing. This isn't a this isn't a story that they're telling inside of music. That's a myth of music. Like yeah. that. that mm. I totally get it, and I love the lyric where she says that she's embarrassed being around people. Mm. Yeah, because she's feeling it's, it's that yeah. thing when you're at a yeah. concert and a song like is yeah. just cutting straight through you, and you're like, "Oh my I, god, it, this like, is too personal." I can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is the exact reason. And, and Dave, we have talked about this <laughs> a lot. I, know what I will never go and see La Dispute live. Yeah. I will never. I can't do it because Wildlife by La Dispute is too like that's this for me. Like that's like the number one. It's a- I have that. They take the words out of my mind and they say them. Classic yeah. Fox and Gimbal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fox and yeah, Gimbal yeah. actually wrote the loudest Butte record as well. So. <laughs> that, was the, like, um, 
My last big moment of that was um, Julian Baker. Julian Baker's a classic at the oh Town Social God. Club last year. I was jet lagged having just come back from Europe, yeah. having had like a really stressful couple of months working over there. Yeah. Where her album Sprained Uncle, like that oh. and the Camp Cope album last year, those yeah. two got me through those two months. Yeah. And I came back and saw her. And she did Go Home. Is that one? Is that is that the song? Yeah, yeah well, but honestly, all of it. But oh, like, yeah. yeah, it was just like that experience, and it's yeah, it's it's that that beautiful thing you've yeah. like incredible. It's weird to have such a powerfully personal experience in a public setting. Yes, um, absolutely. So there's yeah. some there's some realness in this track, and it's yeah, and it's, and yeah, it's wonderful, yeah. and it's great. But most people aren't going to be because if you don't go into that, what do you have? Is just a beautiful, soulful summer jam that yeah. sold unbelievably well and apparently mm. just for for 96 they were just everyone was just banging it yeah. out of their cars they um yeah. the record label apparently had to yeah, this stop great. production of this single yeah. so that they could get the next one out because there was going to be not enough attention and for the next one was a banger too yeah, yeah. Or not, here i come mm. like it's a hit but, but like, like- that's that's crazy. That yeah. like, yeah. This single doing is now. doing so well that we, we can't have to shut release it down. Yeah. We have to stop it. And yeah. there's literally no way you could do that now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Could you imagine like fucking size team being like, we fucking got to get rid of Gangnam Style so people pay attention <laughs> to gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> or, or the better one, got it from my daddy, the best size song. Got the best da, dance da, as well. Oh. I think it's you mentioned so this hard. before. I mentioned every fucking opportunity. <laughs> yeah. It is a great... It's so hard to do, though. The fucking pendulum legs. Impossible. Oh, um, it's redonk. Just to um, slightly cloud everyone's relationship with Fox and Gimbal, who I know <laughs> we all love, uh, the Fugees went oh, to them because, yeah. they, you know, we want to do a cover of your song that you wrote. Also, though, before we get to that, there was a great thing because they wrote it with Laurie Lieberman. Right. And then they claimed that she wasn't really part of that process and that she had said something offhand and they were like, oh, that's a great idea that we've had for a song, you know, like, and then there was a, like a lot of back and forth and court stuff and whatever. And right. then um, Gimbal's diary revealed that like a note from him saying, Laurie Lieberman had this great idea with us for something. It's like, all right, guys. And then in, in terms of just continuing the story, the really yeah. nice thing, Roberta Flack heard the Laurie Lieberman version, which was not very successful on a plane during the flight, like wrote down the music to it so that she could do it landed and like the next day or something performed that song uh supporting Marvin Gaye. Huh. Wow. And and he came up to her after the show and he was like, Don't you ever do that song again until you record it because you like that's yours. Like huh. don't play it again until you've locked that down because that was Good incredible. Man, Marvin Gaye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also like that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Fuji's were like, we want to do this song for all the reasons that like we talked about. Mm. They went to Fox and Gimbal and like, hey, we want to do this song. We want to change some of the lyrics. We want this to be an anti-poverty and anti anti-drug song. Fox and Gimbal said no. <laughs> wow. Fucking like- they just love drugs. <laughs> Especially and that Fox. Like, it's just such a... The goal. So they, right? so they didn't change anything. At- no, yeah, they, right. they, no. No. It's Ouch. just like, come like, just... That is like absolute vintage old world white. Well, it's exactly like- the same as really recently um, the estate of Edward Albee, the playwright, shut down a production of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf because there was a black actor cast in it. Fuck and that's off. not... Yeah. Anyway, Fox and Gimbal, scumbags, like, just... Yeah, fuck that But shit. I wonder, like, whether Joke's then- on them, they got heaps of royalties. <laughs> so who's laughing now? Yeah, yeah. Bazinga. Do you reckon it would have been, they would have got Wycliffe and, and uh, Praz to do, like, verses then? Do you reckon it would have turned into more of a hip-hop song? Yeah, uh, yeah, general- yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Because you wouldn't want to lose no. the, the killing knows? me softly you lines. You, you know? No, no, no. That's the pie. I, I, they would have kept the core the of the song, I'm sure. But, yeah, but yeah, it may, anyway. maybe they're just going to drop yeah, some Fox sweet and Gimbal laughing all the way back to the precincts. Motherfuckers. <laughs> With their millions but, like, of royalties. <laughs> Is it hugely sacrilegious of me to say that I don't love this song? I think it. No, you cannot. I love Lauren Hill, and particularly Miseducation of Lauren Hill's obviously perfect but I wait, like, wait you don't like her other albums <laughs> but I just like she has a beautiful voice obviously and she's in full force here but the like the unchanging middle of the road beat the same like boom 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 like I, I like the Fugees more than I like this song um, yeah I, I appreciate do you reckon this that's part of it do you reckon it's because you like the Fugees that and you just maybe I certainly knew this song before I knew the Fugees like right. obviously it was like a hugely successful radio Hit. Yeah, mm. um, hugely successful, and I, for all the reasons that have been articulated, I think the song is a success. But I guess because I, I don't really like slow tempo ballads of that yeah, big sure. bombastic nature, yeah. like the Roberta Flack version, either is like it's fine. I enjoy that too, but like and I probably like that a bit more as well because it hasn't got the beat there. Um, the beat I think I definitely like this place. more because I, I I don't know whether I did. Um, but I think, like, having listened to it closely, I've certainly mm. been rewarded for that. I think yeah. Roberta Flax is a, I don't know, it's a bit too pained, a bit too strained, mm. uh, almost, in a way. Um, but I think, like... I you, think that's pretty fair, though. Yeah, mm. you can recognise it being a success academically without it necessarily being something that you want to listen to. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't, like, love it musically. I definitely love it more academically for the reasons that I stated. It's like, this yeah. is an amazing choice of cover, and what it communicates is really great. And I think it's a great, like, jam song like it sets a really nice groove the reggae baseline is awesome when it when it drops in it's like ooh. um but i don't think this would be something that i would throw on a lot like i in my own personal listening I, I although, th- although i, I, I th- should I, it- I should go and listen to the fuji's album because it is a recognizes a really great hip-hop r&b album mm. that i haven't messed with yet mm. I, I do think that this this song works more by the end like when it's when like the, like her, the, the double layering of her vocals like yeah. when like it feels like yeah. a bit more of a whole thing compared to like there are stretches like in the first half where it's where there's nothing happening at all except a really simple sampled beat and her vocals and i just don't really enjoy that, that much. yeah I, it definitely needs a bit of it, it yeah you need yeah. to get into the layers that's where it really shines yeah. Yeah. i agree with that and number 34 this is tracy bonham with mother mother <laughs> Uh, with the song Mother Mother. All right, uh, we're talking about Tracy Bonham. 
<laughs> like literally there's like next to fucking nothing we can tell you about this person. Um, she's still making music. She, of course she is. Yeah. She's classically trained in piano and violin. <laughs> and this oh, was and her. There's the fiddle in this song. And this yeah. was her. No, there's fiddles hits. in her other songs. Um, apparently. And this. So, what is, is there? It in the, towards the end. Where's also, the f- and in the verses, what? It's all over the video. What? Yeah. What? Right. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> 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 all right. This is the album version. It goes for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to fake you out there. I remember this from a few different like '90s compilations, so it obviously had at least some degree of of resonance at the time. I guess it would have been a hit in the same way as like. Bitch and like a couple of Alanis tracks. It definitely like, fits in that. Yeah, yeah. Post Alanis. Yeah. The post Alanis. Post Alanis landscape. Yeah. Well, she was, I, she I was mean super, that only semi joking. back, I believe, with the supposed former infatuation junkie, which is a horrible name for a record or for anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad name for a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible name for a horse, Nathan. I'd bet on that. It horse. raises questions such as why and don't. <laughs> Those are great. Too many characters. <laughs> Those are great names for horses. Yeah. Why, why and, and don't? <laughs> why is the best name for a racehorse I've ever heard? <laughs> oh, too many characters is a good one. I think there too are too many characters, <laughs> though. Too, too many characters spoil the broth, you know what they say. <laughs> That's a great name for yeah. a racehorse. <laughs> I want to talk about this song. I want it on the record. I do like this song. Like, yeah. it is it is like amazingly simplistic. Like, yeah, I like that she just fucking screams in the chorus. Like, <laughs> well, because that's kind of the joke, right? Because the song, yeah. the song has it, it is a punchline as much as it is. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Oh, sure. It's, it's, yeah. it's semi novelty in a way, but yeah. not like not really because it's also expressing something. I think very relatable which is which accounts for its popularity it's all all subjective I guess like what's novelty and what's not yeah like I guess it it depends on how much you buy into it (laughs) true enough if if you're a reasonably straight laced 14 year old girl who's going through those like complex puberty emotions and anger and stuff like that and you hear this song I can see why you would be like yeah mum like like that kind of anger that kind of thing like as an adult to sympathise with the like like how's my father kind of thing like that it's like yeah obviously like and like try some tobacco like, obviously there is jokiness in that but also like the useful uh, anger for a young person that yeah. thinks that like they're more older and mature than they are I think mm-hmm. you reckon works. I, just, I, 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 I mean I I read just you know like the mid-twenties moving out of home and yeah there is that as well obviously like, how do I hold living? these limes yeah, yeah. It, yeah. there is definitely a bit yeah. of that but <laughs> I, I certainly I certainly feel the appeal of it is a youthful young anger because it's not like actual like yeah but I, I mean it's like first time moving out kind yeah, of thing. yeah, I, yeah I, but yeah, I think yeah. appealing to the youthful side within that the demographic that can still relate to being College out of high yeah yeah, yeah I, I think more more a bit of that yeah um, and but I, we mentioned look that the popularity of it um, really worth mentioning that this uh, was in the charts for ages. Uh, it was the yeah. top. It was the top of the the Billboard magazine's Modern Rock Tracks chart in mid nineteen ninety six. And the next female artist, solo female artist, Ooh. to achieve that is he's going to guess it. Avril Lavigne. No, oh. think later than that. Much later. Than later. Much oh. later. Uh, Kelly Clarkson. Later. Gaga. Lord. Whoa. Whoa! Yeah, that was Fuck twenty. Dead. That was twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ninety six to twenty thirteen. Solo female female like, artist topping the chart. Like it's topping the yeah. like the rock chart or whatever. Yeah, the alternative yeah. chart. It's yeah. now known as the alternative yeah. chart. It was Obviously, called the modern rock chart. Like 
to say alternative rock is a sausage fest is so true. It doesn't. It's barely even worth mentioning it. But holy shit, yeah. what a sausage fest. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. was that just solo acts or just any female in general? Like, did Paramore like female solo artists? Yeah. Female solo artists. Because I was so, gonna yeah, say, sure, surely, like, surely, like someone like someone like Paramore would have yeah. topped that. Yeah. List. You would, yeah. Well, I mean, you would think, but so, nonetheless, that's still like, yeah, yeah. yeah, interesting oh, and that's impressive. Wild, yeah. Yeah, so do you like it, Nathan? I Look, I think the conceit works <laughs> as a see, song. I did see Nathan snicker over the tobacco line. <laughs> it's pretty, like, it's just... It's I mean, like, I come on. Maybe it's, it's fine because wording. she's making a joke at the mum. Like, she's yeah. like, are you worried that I would take tobacco when yeah. I've, like, you know, what, you know, it's like... Yeah. But it's also just as a line, it kind of sticks out. So I think the conceit is kind of, you know, it works. It holds up as a song, like the lyrics are her. Yeah. It's the phone call or whatever, and, like, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think the verses are kind of nice, even, like... That guitar is so simple, but the vocals match it pretty well. Her, her vocal performance is fantastic. And, like, the chorus is nice and big and fun, but that sort of punchline at the end of screaming everything's fine, it just it just doesn't... It's a bit cute, isn't it? It's yeah, a bit it's kind not, of too cute. It's not enough of a reward for the rest of, like, what she's setting up. And, like, so, she, you know, she's taking a lot of what Alana's did. Where would did. you take it? What's its logical conclusion? Well, I, may, I think I would try and be more subtle. You can say everything's fine and make it apparent in the lyrics that everything is not, but you don't have to like have a freak out and be like everything's fine. Oh my god! Like I don't know. It's just it's you know just what a- you know what it needed. It needed a guest appearance from Ron Howard. Everything's fine. Everything. It was wasn't fine. <laughs> it was not. It was not fine. I think everything's fine is necessary for the investment of energy. Sure. I think I think the track could come off as a bit too lethargic without it. That oh look, I think I think the that. chorus should certainly go there musically and energetically. I just think screaming everything's fine. I kind of like it. I like, don't know. It's almost a gag. Yeah, yeah. Just, it is like, almost a gag. It insists upon itself. It is. Yeah, That is in itself fine. Um, everything's but, fine. But it kind of stops it from reaching depth, which it gets a hard limit on how much you can really yeah. love it. Yeah. You can really appreciate it when it's present, but it does tend to err more on the side of disposability. Yeah. Even though it's become an enduring 90s track. But I that's a complicated, weird kind of it is because yeah. it is a kind yeah. of thing. But it's fine. Oh, yeah, we teased yeah. more on this than I thought we are going to after the first yeah, yeah. ending. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Alright. Wait, can I actually da-da-da now? Yeah. Name a more iconic duo. Oh, wait. At number 33, it's Tupac, it's Dr. Dre, it's... California! Now it's 95 and they clock me in 
watch me diamond shining, looking like I'm Rob Liberace. It's all good, from Diego to the Bay. Your city is the bomb if your city making pain. Tupac and Dr. Dre bring it at West Coast Style at number 33 in the 1996 Hottest 100 with California Love. One of the biggest hip hop songs of the 90s, one of the biggest hip hop songs of all time. Mm-hmm. It's a song that 20 something years on, the second it drops, will make any crowd in any part of the universe, no matter what kind of show you're at, the second you hear. The whole crowd is going to lose their fucking minds. Yep. I could be fisting someone in the unisex oh, go. <laughs> at a fucking goth nightclub, and then I'd hear California, and I would oh, excuse ru- me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would be. I would run out onto the floor, my hands dripping wet, oh. and I would be fucking shaking it, shaking it, baby. Jeez. Oh. Speaking of people I fisted in the unisex, Andrew, what do you think of this song? I'll let that slide. <laughs> ah, this- you did! You literally oh, no. did! Yes! Oh, what have you yes! done? Yes! Can't believe yes! you've done this. <laughs> the stuff that Adam will edit out aside, please, Adam. <laughs> the stuff that Adam will edit out aside, please, Adam. Mm, nah, that's pretty funny. Everything you said, though, right? Like this. It's party starting. It starts the party no matter where you are. It starts, finishes, it is the fucking party. Like, it's so, so pop perfect that, like, the synthy vocals, like, it's just, it's so perfectly sculpted to be infectiously hooky and joyful and party city that, like, it hides the fact that it has two of both of those brilliant rappers, two of their best verses, like, they only get, there's only two verses in a song, it's like six minutes, like, each of their verses they do, both Puck and Dre, it's some of their best individual work, they're both fucking kill, and it's some of, this exemplifies why Dre is the production king that he is. Of the West Coast? Of the, like, 100%. The West Coast G-Funk sound here is out of control. He's so perfect at it. Oh, and like God. what I was thinking though, like for all like the one thing, I, I, like, I know this is a bit highfalutin, but I think that the, the reappropriation of California's party culture from white dude bro to, I guess, men, inviting, but still with menace, black culture is fucking fascinating. Interesting. Because Cali- it's like California love, sure, California. Mm. But as the chorus says, city of Compton. It's not yep. San Fran, it's not Oakland, yep. it's not even LA. It's, it's Compton. fucking Compton. But they all it's, get a shout out at the end. They do all get a shout out <laughs> at the end. And then yeah. it keeps fun. Yeah. But like, that's the thing. Like California love, the whole state, Like it's obviously the state, blah, 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 the West Coast. 100%. But the heart of it for Dre and for, and obviously the Dre presence, Compton obviously like ties that in. But the, yeah. the heart of the, of the love for these two is Compton. It's a city of Compton. It's Compton love. But, like, and that and that in itself feeds back into what Compton and is. therefore the West Coast, because I think yeah. when you talk about Compton, West Coast that you're talking about Compton yeah. as the Mecca, as the yeah, epicenter, right? Yeah. Like it's 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 like the Bronx, what the Bronx was to it's the East new, Coast, precisely. you know, in terms of the originating of hip hop. And like, it's we had NWA. So it's like to make that the center of it is such a hip hop statement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's but, so intrinsically linked to that. And beautifully, but, but, I think you've articulated I, I, it wonderfully. And the fact mm. that this is a, us a hugely successful song with the Jew Bros that I think that it's trying to take it party culture away from is obviously like upsetting and troubling but it is what it is like that's but just- I think you're right then it's not taking away from it's just moving the focus it's just like it's still inclusive I feel yeah definitely oh yeah it, but it, it's it just kind inclusive. of it's not but it's not just you now it's like yeah true this is this is you're like you guys can come but we're having the party in yeah Compton. we're hosting the party so it's, it's yeah. kind of a bit different yeah. to the parties you've been as, to as much as like <laughs> because but both of them do kind of like it's still part 
partying, and but like yeah. they do the energy they both bring to their verses. They are spitting fire. They're so um, they're so like hard. They go hard. They're so no. They themselves no, they're hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just tough. They are tough, they are tough men. They're tough men. Holy like, shit! Yeah. But like just the way Dre, like Dre says, welcome everybody to the Wild Wild West, and, it, and it's as if he's just said, "I am going to kill you." Yeah. yeah. It's just he's the first line is welcome. Yeah. I mean, it, I it, do yeah. not feel welcome. No. Yeah. It's all the Mad Max imagery in the video clip as well. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. so Thunderdome. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's and a then, very like, different Wild Wild West to the one that would be a hit some three years <laughs> later. Yeah, and then, like, for and Shakur as well, just oh, straight God. out of prison. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is his return from yeah. the party is for Tupac it's, getting out of yeah, prison. That's like, it. That's, and, the, and, yeah. that's it. Like, this song is the party that you have with, like, your close group of friends when someone gets out of prison and they get home for the first time and yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. you're back, um, everything's okay. Except that party isn't for that room of close friends. This party is for everybody. It's for like, California because California should be happy that Pac's Exactly. Back. And, like, 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 California has done black men and women wrong for a long fucking time but in spite of it all that it's like fuck you we still love the state you don't like this the, the, the this is our home the, the capital mm. s state yeah can fuck off this is the lower case this is our state man this mm. is our state of being it's it's the, the way hip-hop relates to place it's always fantastic. is, is yeah. amazing like because as you say like often it's it's coming from a point of being done so wrong like the bronx in the 70s yeah was getting shafted that's why hip-hop like started there, mm. you know what I mean. But yeah. to still have that pride, yeah. Just go like I'm from, I am from here, man. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost like a, it's like um, you're, it's something like, that Kendrick articulates as well. It's like mm. a, it's like a survivor. Is you're a survivor? It's a survivor yeah. thing. Yeah, and you're proud of that. And like all these things that, are, that work in this song, but it's still like. It is just a party. It is party central. It's, huge, yeah. it's, it's so huge. The yeah. beat is so massive. Dre, yeah. It's just Dre. He just does the funky beat hugeness. That, like, I'm just on board whenever he produces anything. It's a Joe like, Cocker sample. Yeah. Fucking A. Great. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Where'd you pull that from? You know, Dre? that gangster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My criticism is I, I wish there was a third or fourth verse just because I want more of this, not because I think this it failing. would only be great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not, not, not mm. because it's a failing of the song, just because I really like hearing Dre and Puck rap together. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Like, I'm like not the biggest hip-hop fan, not the biggest Tupac Shakur fan, not through any... like just I've been slack with exploring. I don't really know Tupac super well. I'm kind but, of the same because I've always been more East Coast focused. Same, yeah. Um, but what I think Puck... I'll give him props endlessly for is that he really was one of the more poetic MCs. Straight up, there's no his, question about his, that. He wrote he yeah. wrote poetry. Yeah, he like was a, straight yeah. absolutely. Even even I think that some of the toughest critics of like hip hop being a poetic. I mean, I, I hope no one has this opinion anymore. But like at the time, certainly <laughs> people like it's, it ain't poetry. Yeah, oh, but like yeah, if you mm. even if you brought those people up against some of Park's most beautiful yeah, writing, yeah. they would have a the hard way, time saying it's the not poetry. The way he brought a sense of pathos into the like gangster rap experience is yeah. just yeah. exquisite. Yeah. Like, well said, it's incredible. Yeah, and I just I just kind of I think you know that idea of this this comeback party and everything that's for everyone. That's just like this song is one of. I think the best actualization of that gangster rap ideal of like you are just like the biggest, richest, mm. most luxurious kind of person. And this song just, it just nails it. Like yeah, from start to finish, from like the opening, like, Sound, yeah, yeah. It's it, nothing but oh that man, feeling. If this song doesn't want you to make you run out and buy a vocoder, right? Yeah. <laughs> Holy oh, shit! Oh, Thank also, you, Roger like, Troutman. Uh, can yeah, you Roger Troutman. Troutman. You know the, the scene in um 
straight out of Compton, where they're having yeah. the pool. There's a few of them, but the really big pool party, or any of the pool party from Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, that, that's the home where this song exists. I want yeah. to be at those parties when this song is on, and yeah. mentally, you are. And, yeah, and this song, yeah. this song, you know, takes kids from the streets of Compton and takes them there. and puts them and like and oh fuck yeah, man! They they make the song to put them in that yeah. world, and that's just like that's the whole point, yeah. you know? Beautiful, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> They're here. Uh, <laughs> the dynasty begins. This really does. Uh, at number 32, this is a young upcoming band that I think have a lot of potential. Flash in the pan. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They're calling it now. I don't know, you guys. Have this a listen. Is, have a this listen. is another Tracy Bonham all over again. Yeah, totally. <laughs> this is a brand new young band by the name of Powderfinger. Uh, this is from, Bit of a weird name. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's a, from a Neil Young song, apparently. Uh, this is from their second album. It's called Double Allergic. And this track is called Living Time. You'll be there to break my fall To reassure my doubts and faults And all your fables will ring true They are the In the hottest 100. Uh, this is a song called Living Type from their album Double Allergic. Comes in at number 32 in the 1996 Hottest 100. And this is the first of many times. Many, many, <laughs> many, many times. times. Hell, this is the first of three times they are going to be in this fucking countdown. Um, imagine- 32 as well. That's yeah. like, that's high. Yeah. So imagine, yeah, they're just on the up and up here. Um, they'd released one record before this called Parables for Wooden Ears. They mm-hmm. were another long-haired, uh, angry guitar rock band in the wake of post-grunge. Um, then they kind but of trimmed, hours. Trimmed, trimmed the hair a bit, kind of got a bit more of an indie rock sensibility about themselves and made Double Allergic, which eventually went double platinum. Um, <laughs> and uh, turned, them, <laughs> turned, them into, turned them into fucktillionaires and made them, at least for a moment, the biggest band in Australia. And the last great ugly rock band. <laughs> <laughs> because let's face it, all the young fucking hot bands in Australia, like all the all the young bands in Australia, they're pretty good looking yeah. kids. All the young they're bands all very in the world. How to think of they owned being ugly as I'm fuck. trying to think of, of uh, an exception, but you, I'm young, sure yeah. you're on the money. Like, young young bands. bands are uh, yeah, yeah. Like young, young rock bands. bands are hot now. If you're, if you're young and ugly, pick up a guitar. Yeah, do it. Do the it for me. You. I'm thinking about like some of the indie bands out there, mm. and there are there are some there are some very like I'll say average looking people <laughs> in those in those bands. You would say that. 
I don't think Bernald is old Bernald. I don't think he's unattractive. <laughs> Bernald. Bernald. He's Look. above average handsome, Bernald. <laughs> All right, but let's right. let's focus in on 1996. Uh-huh. Jesus shit. We're talking about Powderfinger. We're talking about a young up and coming Powderfinger before they became fucktillionaires. Baby Bernald. Before they became the biggest band in the world. Uh shortly after playing uh with Pantera. <laughs> Yeah, what I wait, what? what? Yeah, yeah, what? they opened for Pantera <laughs> on their Australian tour with Silverchair. Bad idea, huh? Bad idea. Uh, d- apparently, okay. they talk about this in their book, and they say it was just not good. No, they say yeah, it was Jesus. that they should not have happened. They played their heaviest songs, and it was still it like, no, nah, you're yeah. fucked. Were they the first support? It was them, then Silverchair, then Pantera. I think so. I can see the logic of of Pantera. like, who are we gonna get? Oh, this Silverchair, they're like. Like, okay, why yeah. not pick an Australian metal band like Mortal yeah, Sin or some shit? So I was like, nah. But it's like it's it's a big leap, but it's it's a, you know like a leap that could be done to go to Silverchair, but then it's another leap from Silverchair to the and finger. it's the same distance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You were quite so far going, away. You are two steps You're a long away. way from <laughs> home, Powderfinger. Yeah, baby Bernald. Uh, baby Bernald. But uh, Adam, yes. Um, you have uh, you work in radios. We've documented, and you have yep. you've probably programmed enough. Uh, Powderfinger to last you a goddamn lifetime. Certainly, although I will have to say, like one Powderfinger song. (laughs) (laughs) I I came in uh, Vulture Street, so you know, like I for earlier Powderfinger works. I there are a lot of albums that I I don't think I've ever heard. Double Allergic, and there are a lot of the earlier stuff that I haven't heard. But I did. I was pretty quick to snap up Fingerprints, the best of when it came out. Oh sure. So I'm I'm kind of well versed in the hits. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know off the top of my head, but I spun it. You know. A fair amount. I'm going to consult the oracle. You continue. So, you know, I don't know this song uh, a whole heap. One thing I was just listening to, it just occurred to me as we were just listening to it prior to talking to it here. Man, you've got to be pretty good to get away with the pace that this song is in a rock song. Like, that is not a particularly... It's not slow. It's not fast. That's just mm. plodding. Like, that's a very unremarkable pace that this song goes at. <laughs> and yet it somehow manages to sustain an energy... It's a drone's pace. ...and an emotion and an intensity. It's, a, it's basically the same tempo as Shark Fist. Yeah, standing on the deck, I watch my it doesn't have the same kick as Shark Without Fin, the but sneer, like, it's, the same, the, it's the same tempo. No sneer. Ber- Bernal doesn't know how to sneer. No, he's never sneered. He's... Bernald. And Gareth, too pure. Gareth doesn't know how to not sneeze. <laughs> nice. yeah, 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 that's right. I mean, props just based on that. Like, you, you you managed to make a song rock at that pace. You know, clearly you're, you're doing something there. There's something so Australian sounding about this song. Like, this, it would be unfathomable to hear this song and go like, they're from Britain, they're from the US. Mm. There's just, it just, it, it wouldn't happen. Like, and I don't know what it is musically that's communicating that. This is a question that I have that doesn't have an answer for me. What is it about this song that sounds so... Is it something about the backup singers? Is it something about, like, the the kind of mournful tone yeah, in the chorus? I, th- I think part of it is about that tempo and that kind of lazy... Like, I think it conjures ideas of, of, of a landscape that is, you know, like Australia in terms of... I don't know, but... Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting that to me it sounds so Australian, but the subject matter itself, it according to, to Bernald, um, is about Charles Manson. Yeah, right. Huh. Um yeah. It makes okay. sense when you look at the lyrics. I think it's I think it's you know, it's a 
shit, it's iconic. And you can tell. And you can tell that it was kind of going to be. like. Yeah, you could tell at this point, like, yeah. they were about to break. They were about to become pretty big. There's something fa- like pretty unique about what they're doing here in terms yeah. of the yeah. other... Like we become, talked about a lot of Australian very rock faceless bands. and generic. Like, for all the shit I give Powderfinger or have given Powderfinger... And it's very fun to do. And very fun to do. I ride for Powderfinger from Parables right up to and including Vulture Street. But, you know, like, I think so much of the reason why is because if someone was put on the spot and they were like, name your favourite Australian band and they weren't particularly invested in music, it's just, they're going to say Powderfinger? Mm-hmm. It's because like, they're, they're immediate, 50, 50, they're accessible. Yeah. But but the thing that I really like at this point, like, I have, I have a fair bit of fondness for, like, early Powderfinger, yeah, mostly same. because I know a lot of older friends that it was, it was a really big deal for them. Yeah, like, yeah. There's no hubris to this, these early songs. like, And I, I think, like, what Powderfinger became was a lot of stuff that was put on them and thrown mm. at them, and it wasn't... Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure they never wanted to be what, in many respects, they are. Yeah. But that's just not here. There's This mm-hmm. is so easy, and there's, like, almost a humility to the music, I think. It's just so easy to connect to. Yeah. And not in a, like, a cheaply accessible way, because nope. it's really rich. It's a it's very rich, soulful warm song. Yeah, I, I, get sure. it, I get a real sense of soul I think this it. is yeah. a gorgeous song, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the early Powderfinger stuff is just, like, it's just real good. It's Australian, like, indie rock, but it's mm, it's mm. so unlike anything else that we've talked about, even, like, UMI and all the other big bands yeah, that we yeah, talked about. Yeah. Yeah. There's something in how broad the writing is. Like, yep. I think a lot about, you know, the sort of two competing schools of songwriting where one is very anecdotal and specific and you're writing Taylor Swift, you know, like lots of details about the room, you know, the experience or whatever, and then the other is this much more broad and accessible thing and they both work and there's not yeah. a good one and a bad one. And and I, I think there's just, like, a broadness to this that just feels very real and, and easy mm. to connect to. And as much as I enjoy making fun of Powderfinger, like yeah. you said, like we and all do. There, there's, like, some, yeah, there's something about the vocal delivery as well that like he used to have a real fucking lot of soul and a lot of conviction yeah. in what he was singing. Yeah. And that's it's something. It's definitely, conviction is a good word. It's, it's mm. a very, mm. it's impassioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's, so. that's, that's what gets songs like their two hottest 100 number ones back to back these days in, uh, fucking my happiness yeah. across the line. The fact that you feel like those those lyrics when he sings, you know, like this this life turned out nothing like I had planned, or mm. you're over there when I need you here. Oh, like, yeah. like their lyrics in in someone else's hands, like it would have failed miserably. Yeah. But yeah. in Bernard Bernal's hands with the rest of the band, they became like the biggest songs in the country. You can sense that in this record. I, I love that shit. I've said I've said numerous times that like the current climate of music isn't bands that make three or four records and then get big. It's bands that get big on the first record. And yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. A, I think that's a change for the negative because I really yeah. like the explore of finding out these earlier tracks. And yeah. I'm probably the biggest Powderfinger fan tractor in the room, but like this is obviously a very lovely song. Bernard's mm. voice is good. The overdriven mm. guitar, like what they are in my head as an ob- a cultural ob- object is more a signifier for the kind of people who love Powderfinger. And I think that's just like, like yeah. cause, because their music is like, like middle tempo, middle class, middle of the road. I think younger um, people would have grown up on Powderfinger the way you grew up on Hunters, I reckon. Potentially. I'll bet yeah. that for a second, actually, yeah. Um, and I, even the vocals are quite comparable, I yeah, think. Yeah, totally, um, totally, totally. And I think Bernard is in very good form here and generally throughout Definitely. his career. The fact that they became like Uncle's favourite band yeah. is, is kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. Because they, they are, literally like, were my Uncle's favourite band. <laughs> nice. Hi, Mark. Yeah. Um, even when I shit on him in his solo career or when I make fun of Powderfinger, like it isn't because their music is actively terrible because of course it isn't. They're not bad musicians or even 
or even mediocre musicians or songwriters or performers. Yeah. It's just that they the appeal is so so broad that it's it's like like vanilla tapioca. Yeah, well, they just got to the point where it felt like. It didn't matter what they would do. Yeah, they would win six well. arias yeah, and everyone exactly. would oh, and There like, was yeah. such a navel-gazing thing in Australia. The last time they ever did Big Day Out was 2010, right? This was a bit before they broke up. Um, and uh, <laughs> in Australia, they were second last uh, before mm. Muse, I believe. Mm. Yep, I was um, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in New Zealand... They were on at five in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. That's... Before Lily Allen and the Mars Volta. Oh, that's the thing. It's so Australian. And that's a thing. Yeah, like, like not even in New Zealand. Like yeah. some some of our stuff like crosses over immediately. In New Zealand, it's just like, oh yeah, pair to finger, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and like and that and, and that's, Lily that's another, on? That's, a, that's another thing that I have a bit of bad taste in my mouth about them as well, because I I'm particularly like a bit of a globalist when it comes to music and don't really Yeah, and, yeah. Like, yeah. And like the idea of just being like like everybody like Every radio station and all the corporate entities prop Powderfinger up as this band that then wins all the awards, and then mm. nowhere else are they relevant or yeah, careful. sure, and sure, like, sure. So that gives me a bit of bad taste as well. And like that isn't obviously like there are local cultures that support things, and like again, that isn't even Powderfinger's fault. It's the mm. market forces that yeah. surround them. But all of it does lead me to think to myself that like I, I dislike Powderfinger. All these sure. things that yeah. surround them that yeah. aren't really the band's or the music's or the people's fault. Yeah. It's just yeah. all Lucky all we the... don't have to talk about them very yeah, much. Yeah, it's, sh- it's a shame <laughs> that this is it. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, farewell, Powderfinger. We hardly knew you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we... At number 31, it's Skin with... Manamana. Skin at number 31 in the 1996 Pat yourself on the fucking back. God bless you. God Good bless work. us, yeah. everyone. 31. <laughs> 31. <laughs> this beat so many things. <laughs> Sorry, California love, yeah. but the real party jam is this just around the corner. This definition of sound, people, oh. like it's serious. For real, though, if you voted Could you for this. you imagine Kermit moshing around the you room are the number celebrating? One. Like, holy yeah. shit. And but, it's, did you, you might be with me here. Did you read... Hit thrash metal cover of Manamana and be like, hmm, because I was on, I was not on board before I heard it. Oh, I was just like, wait, what? I didn't even like. I was like, skin Manamana, huh? That's kind of like the. Oh, it is just that oh, song. It really is. It's yeah. just that song. But for real, like before we get into the song itself too much, like songs like this getting in and Salmon Hater when we get to Salmon Hater, yes, an asshole winning the very first yeah. countdown. That's what America makes the hottest yeah, one hundred. Voted in once. Remember yeah, from Team America. 
That I, is the character of the Hottest 100. That's yeah. what makes it different and more exciting than any other music countdown because people are actually voting for it in a cultural sense. It's not yeah, just yeah, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. what are the did, did 10 most popular ABC songs. ABC News cover get in? Yeah. 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 Yes, yes, Fantastic. It's like, it's a record of culture and it's just like, songs like this just mean everything has so much more character and it's such a wonderful place to explore. Like, it's just great. One, like, time, one time people voted in... Uh, like they like literally like hand voted in or like uh, typed in uh, the Media Watch theme song because the bet was going that if Chris Taylor, if the uh, Media Watch theme song got into the top 10 of the Hottest 100, he would do a nudie run at the big day out. Oh that's, a, that's, um, that's a pretty safe they, bet. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. literally got enough votes. Like if it, was, if it qualified, it would have gotten number seven. <laughs> 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 That sucks. Damn it. so good. And I think this is the kind of stuff... Free as a bird. Oh, great. Literally ran around the entire big day. Oh, good work. But I think this is the kind of thing that sadly has sort of dropped out of... A little bit. The Hottest 100. This kind of stuff doesn't... We've lost our smile. We have. Like... And it's what we talked about in season season one. I think yeah. if if Creep had won that over asshole, it would be a very different countdown. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I'm glad it didn't because the music industry less so today, I guess, but it's still hugely the fact that people still care about the Grammys mm. is reason that the count, that fan voted countdowns are so important. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that fan voted counted like this being the biggest one in the world has the opportunity to have these moments and yeah. th- that. That going, hopefully not forever, but that being gone sucks. Yeah. yeah. Like it just it's it's, I, it's a I, bad thing. I'm so thing. grateful for every little bit of comedy that's made it in. Um so this song. Yes. You know this song. Everyone knows this song. Uh this was originally written by Piero Umi Liani. It appeared in the Italian film Sweden Heaven and Hell. Of course. Yep. In uh in a film we've all seen. Yeah, obviously. In a scene set in a sauna. Uh, which gave it the original title Viva la Saunas Vides, which is hooray for the Swedish sauna. Very good. Mm. But I then... have that tattooed next to my Jamiroquai tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> you Classy. should. Uh, but then it is in The Muppets, and it's in Sesame Street, and yeah. it, that's how we all know it. This is skin. Skin are just Muppet fans, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's it. I mean, fun. that's just the Sesame Won't Street you? pool that they can be like, hey, who want, you know, do you want to do this? And there are very few people that wouldn't say yes to being in a Sesame Street 100%. sketch because like, we... you hate fun. Yeah, yeah. But, but also like just because Sesame Street is an incredible children's show that does yeah. so much good so much stuff. Good. Like, the goat mm. children's show, man. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, so this is very fun. Yeah, it's it uh, so the band is it's good. It's so much fun. It's fast rock. Like it's just doing what the song needs to do to be fun. And yeah. honestly, I don't know what else to say. That's it, right? Because like, there's literally nothing else to say except Manamana. Because the, the Manamana song in the Muppets is just delightful, and it's yes. silly. And like the original Sesame Street sketch, which we'll post, is weird. It's mm. like from 1969, and these two Muppets are like, "Oh, if we had a third person here, we could have a song." True, true. And then one walks up and goes, Manamana. One named uh, Bip, Bipadotta. Bip, Bipadotta. Um, of course. And then, like, they're just like, Manamana. What was that? Manamana. Oh, that, that, that's a song, isn't it? Yeah, that is a song. 
And now it's this international yeah. pre-internet meme. It was and a blackout yeah. sketch. It's, it was a thing to do while you were changing scenery and stuff for the next scene or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it yeah. fucking rules. And, yeah. it's, <laughs> and then like a metal band's like, oh, well, well, yeah, we like yeah. Muppets, let's do this song. And it's fucking good. Once I'm done with my Jamiroquai tattoo and that other uh, Swedish, whatever <laughs> my joke was, a third <laughs> reference, uh, I'm getting the entire cast of the Muppet Show tattooed <laughs> on my back. Nice. <laughs> Whoa, that'd be amazing. That'd oh, be, be so fucking You should sick. definitely do that. Yes, um, yes, I mate. could not be more serious with it. It makes me think about... Po- go to possible.com <laughs> slash... <laughs> this song makes me think about what makes certain sounds funny. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Outside of reference, this is like... This, like, to hear this is humorous to hear, but... Why? You know what I mean? And yeah. it's a, I, I don't think there's an answer to that question necessarily, it's but it's a really nonsense. interesting yeah. thing. Like, it's also the the like interplay between the really rough voice and the the high doos. Yeah, and, yeah. and the, and the, the, the scatting where it just goes nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the, the only thing that gets a response is Manamana, where it's yeah. just like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, the, uh, and the just fa- looks around and they're just like, no. It speaks to like the or like the original composer's intent that it actually is super catchy in rhythm and like do 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 do. Like it's funny, super catchy, and like it's just but it's Crazy yeah. catchy. And the, like that works in this metal rock version as well. Like yeah. it's still heaps catchy. For sure, for I, sure. I found this dude online who posted a legitimate essay about how this song is a parable of uh, conformity. That's very funny. Wow. He's just like, because there's this one guy. I need to read this yeah, this and also get that tattooed on my back. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's this one dude who's trying to, you know, scat and break out of the mm. accepted mold. And he was continually being told no by these people who only sing the same melody. Huh, huh, and they huh. are the chorus. It's like, but, no, we don't do that. We just he's go leading do, 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 do. them. <laughs> Not according to this guy. <laughs> he's trying to lead them and they aren't following. They aren't breaking free, Nathan. Right, leaders in this <laughs> <laughs> Pack Pretty it much. in. Pack All right. Yeah. All right. The, yeah. the takes will eat themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in conclusion, Manamana. Manamana. We have to do the whole thing now. Manamana! That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hot 100s and Thousands. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us. Before we get out of here, we're going to talk about our favourites and our least favourite songs from this countdown. If anyone thinks that Menomina is not only the greatest song of this <laughs> countdown, but the greatest song of all time, raise your hand. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with California. Oh, yeah. California. Look, all right, all right, fuck you. No, 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 it's all good. Uh, obviously, it's California love, but... Yeah, tough. It is tough. Yeah, is I'm it? Not, what are you it thinking? It kind of is. Mother, mother. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking mother, mother. No, not so, no, I liked that. Yeah, it's not I, terrible. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but yeah. fifth best. Yeah, no, for me. Best, yeah. Oh, God damn it! fine. <laughs> oh, I hate my unanimous. job sometimes, you guys. <laughs> Can 2016 just stop already? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Hottest 100s on Twitter. Hottest 100s and thousands at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash hottest 100s and thousands. You know where to find us. On behalf of Mr. Adam Boncho. Menomina. <laughs> Mr. Andrew McDonald. Menomina. And David James Young. Menomina. My name is Nathan Harrison. Menomina!
Yeah. yeah.